yeah. And you will get no hurt, mister. No, no, no. I said, yeah. I said, yeah. What they say. Okay. 
This one up for myself this morning. Love the words of this one. No speech, no language. The one and only Gregory Isaacs. No speech, no language. Where the voice is not heard. Yes, there is no. Be careful when you climb in the ladder of success. Do not step on anybody's heads. You know, as they say, the higher a monkey climbs, the more he exposes himself. You really see who that person is. It is the more we will expose. So I said, no, 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 no speech, no language. Where the voice is not heard. Just gonna take it easy with some oldies, but goodies until 9-11 when we get it started. Waiting for the commercials to finish running on Future FM 98.9 up there in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. Good morning to all our listeners on QMZRadio.com and JanoRadio.com. Thank you for tuning in. Of course, I gotta say, good morning, Clubhouse. Speech, no, no language Where the voice is not heard Not one single word I said no, 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 no Speech, no, no language Where the voice is not heard I think I can squeeze in one or two more It is Retro Thursday on Coffee and Toast, so it's nothing but oldies but goodies today. Fancy places Ooh. Like other fellas that I 
can do I'm only able to romance you Listeners on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. And to our listeners around the world, logged on to QMZRadio.com and JohnNoRadio.com. Of course, I have to say good morning to my studio audience, courtesy of Clubhouse. Thank you for being here with me. It's Thursday, July 7. Retro. And what am I saying the 7th? Why am I going back in time? July 14th. I gotta get my dates together. You see what oldies but goodies does to you? Takes you back in time. It is Retro Thursday. Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. So you're gonna hear nothing but oldies but goodies. Normally you'd be hearing 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. Today we're taking it back even further. Thank you so much for joining me for Coffee and Toe. World News on the Go. Every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern. This is where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, and that's M I Media Moments. On Instagram, you can find me at Moments underscore with underscore me underscore media. And of course, we're also on YouTube, getting that up and running. Go ahead and subscribe and turn on your notifications. Moments with me, media. we have coming up for you today in international news ghana inflation scales new peak as it seeks imf bailout moroccan probe finds 23 melilla border dead likely suffocated pakistan reaches agreement with imf to resume loan ukraine cuts north korea ties over recognition of separatist regions U.S.-Israel signed joint anti-Iran nuclear declaration. In news out of North America, new law allows California gun violence victims to sue gun manufacturers whose firearms were used in crimes. 
Florida homeowner to face no charges after shooting at home intruders with AK-47 style gun. Chicago ranked as the second best city in the world on new list. Man charged with rape of girl who is 10 years old who traveled for abortion. Group of teens beat Philadelphia man to death with traffic cones, one charged as adult. New poll finds nearly half of Republican voters would not vote for Donald Trump in the 2024 presidential primary. In business and tech news, inflation surges by 9.1%, driven by record gas prices. LGBTQ harassment slurs abound on social media, a report says. Netflix partners with Microsoft to offer cheaper plan with ads. In sports news, former NBA star Charles Barkley donates $1 million to Spelman College. LeBron James clarifies a comment he made saying he would question returning to the U.S. if he was Brittany Griner. Out of the Caribbean corner in Antigua, Prime Minister Brown rubbishes plans of former Liat pilot to sue him. Imported case of malaria recorded in the Bahamas. Dominica named best Caribbean island by Travel and Leisure magazine. Guyana to host International Solar Alliance Conference in August. In Haiti, thousands trapped as gangs battle for control in Port-au-Prince. Close to $1 billion in traffic tickets issued by cops in 2021 in Jamaica. And also out of Jamaica, back to school support for lowest paid public sector workers. Our story out of Latin America, U.S. companies to invest $40 billion in Mexico through 2024. Our Believe It or Not stories, Georgia Corrections Officer accused of smuggling $30,000 into prison for her prison bay. A Brazilian anesthetist arrested you won't believe what he was caught doing. Drug expert doubtful after woman claims tainted dollar bill caused fentanyl overdose. In entertainment news, Lauren London opens up about life following Nipsey Hussle's death. Khloe Kardashian reportedly having another baby. Yep, with Tristan Thompson, but this time via a surrogate. Actor Kevin Spacey pleads not guilty to sexual assault in the UK. We're going to be right back with the details after this music break. Welcome to Hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday. Retro Thursdays right here on Coffee and Toe World News on the Go. Let's check out a little Prince Buster here to get us started. Now my court is in session, will you please stand? First, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Judge Hundred Years. Some people call me Judge Dredd. Now I am from Ethiopia. Try hard, you rude boys, for shooting black people. In my court, on the guitar, as I'm vexed, and I am the root boy today. Who got hits? Yes, sir. Root boy Adolphus Jakes? Yes, sir. Root boy Emmanuel Zachariah Zaki Palm? President. George Robin Flea? President. Hmm. Adolphus James? 
Yes, sir. I see where you've been charged. Ten shooting intent. Five murder charge. Six grab and flee charge. What you are not? Oh, shop. Guilty or not guilty? Not guilty, sir. I don't care what they say. Take 400 years. Stand down. Emmanuel Zachariah Zakipam. Yes, sir. You've been charged. Fifteen charge of shooting intent. Fifteen murder charge. And I heard that you was the one down there in Sutton Street who tell the judge, good boys don't care. Well, this is King Street, and my name is Judge Dredd, and I don't care. Now take 400 years. Oh, shut what they try to shoot me too. No, you're not, but I to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 up there in the Bronx, Westchester and Mount Vernon. I'll be with you until the top of the hour. Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, JohnNoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go every Monday through Friday starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern where I read the news and we share our views it is hashtag tbt throwback thursday retro thursday and we are doing it in oldies but goodies style normally you'd be hearing songs from the 80s 90s and early 2000s i'm taking it a little further back going back as far as the 50s 60s 70s and coming up back to the 80s puts you in a sunday frame of mind well it's friday eve it's the weekend eve so nothing's wrong with getting ready and now it's time for us to get into the details and of course we're starting off with international news consumer inflation in ghana accelerated to 29.8 percent annually in june from 27.6 percent in may official data showed on wednesday shattering another record while the west african nation talks to the imf for support inflation last hit 29 percent in january 2004 
In a report on Wednesday, the country statistics agency said June prices were driven higher by items such as fuel and bread, with prices of imported goods rising more than domestically produced ones for the third month in a row. Transport, which includes fuel, registered the highest price growth in 41.6%. Diesel saw 99.7% year-on-year inflation, while petrol prices were up 69.4%. Housing, which includes water, electricity, and gas, saw a 38.4% increase, and food inflation rose to 30.7%. Bread prices were up 44.5%. Of course, this led to hundreds of Ghanaians taking to the streets in the capital of Accra last month to protest against high inflation, weak growth, and a plummeting local currency. Days later, four of Ghana's largest teachers' unions said they would strike if their wages were not increased in tandem with rising prices. After pledging not to return to the IMF, the government said shortly after the protests that it would seek an economic support package to ward off a fully blown crisis. A staff mission from the IMF was due to conclude its first visit to Ghana on Wednesday. A midterm budget review scheduled for Wednesday was postponed to an unspecified date due to the IMF talks, a finance ministry spokeswoman told Reuters. The government has blamed its woes in a combination of external forces, including COVID-19, the war in Ukraine, and American and Chinese economic downturns. Our next story comes out of Morocco, courtesy of Al Jazeera. At least 23 migrants who died last month in a mass attempt to enter the Spanish enclave of Melilla from Morocco likely suffocated, the state-backed National Human Rights Council of Morocco has said. The number of dead after an estimated 2,000 people, many from Sudan, stormed the Spanish territory's uh, frontier on June 24, was the worst in many attempted migrant crossings over the years into Spain's Cueta and Melilla enclaves in North Africa. In addition to the deaths, 200 Moroccan and Spanish law enforcement officers and more than 70 civilians were injured injured in the melee. None of the dead have been buried and autopsies remain pending. The United Nations, the African Union and independent rights groups have denounced the use of excessive force by Moroccan and Spanish security personnel. Pakistan has reached a staff-level agreement with the International Monetary Fund, a milestone that would pave the way for a release of an additional $1.2 billion in loans and unlock more funding. The IMF will also consider an extension of the facility to end June 2023, it said in a statement. The accord will make additional funds available once the board approves taking the extended loan facility with Pakistan to about $7 billion. Funds from the IMF will help avert a potential default and pave the way for more aid from other multilateral institutions and friendly nations. Right now, Pakistan needs at least $41 billion in the next 12 months to repay debt and fund imports as foreign exchange reserves shrink to a level that could only cover less than two months of imports. Pakistan's rupee dollar bonds and stocks rose as investors cheered the prospect of a bailout. The country requires at least $41 billion through June next year to keep the foreign exchange stock at a respectable level. Repay debts. Yep, that's what the finance minister has said. 
Ukraine has severed relations with North Korea over Pyongyang's recognition of two pro-Russian breakaway people's republics in Ukraine's east. Kiev's decision to cut ties with North Korea on Wednesday followed shortly after it emerged that Pyongyang had recognized the independence of two self-proclaimed republics in eastern Ukraine. We consider this decision as an attempt by Pyongyang to undermine the sovereignty and territorial integrity of Ukraine. This is according to Ukraine's foreign ministry. North Korea's move to officially recognize the two breakaway territories, the Donetsk People's Republic, DPR, and Luhansk People's Republic, LPR, in Ukraine's Donbass region, makes it only the third country in the world after Russia and Syria to do so. The Korean Central News Agency, KCNA, that's North's state-run news agency, said Foreign Minister Choi Son-Hui had sent letters to her counterparts in the two regions recognizing the rebel-held areas. Choi expressed the will to develop state-to-state relations with those countries in the idea of independence, peace, and friendship. United States President Joe Biden and Israeli Prime Minister Yair Lapid have reiterated their anti-Iran positions in a joint declaration committing to prevent Tehran from acquiring nuclear weapons. The two leaders signed the statement after earlier holding a one-on-one meeting on Thursday morning in West Jerusalem on the second day of Biden's four-day Middle East tour, followed by a virtual summit with the leaders of India and the United Arab Emirates. The statement says that the U.S. will use all elements of national power available to it to deny Iran the ability to arm itself with nuclear weapons. The joint declaration also includes a pledge by Washington to continue U.S. military aid to Israel. A record 10-year, $38 billion aid package was signed in 2016 under the administration of former U.S. President Barack Obama when Biden was vice president. Speaking at a press conference following the signing, both Biden and Lapid spoke of their support of the U.S.-Israeli relationship and the perceived threat from Iran. The Iranians insist that their nuclear program is peaceful and that they have no intention of building a nuclear bomb. Israel is widely believed to have its own nuclear weapons, but has never publicly confirmed it. And those are our stories on the international scene. Um, I want to jump back to the one that talks about Ukraine just briefly. Got two minutes to spare here. Ukraine cuts North Korea ties over recognition of separatist regions. Um, so the Donetsk region and the Luhansk region, have they now formed their own countries? Or has, is it that Russia has turned them into their own countries? Hence the DPR and the LPR. And now three countries have acknowledged them, Syria, North Korea, and um, what's the third one? Russia, well, Russia, of course. How how can I forget that? They're the one doing the special military operation, right? Um, Yesterday, we had a conversation um, in Coffee and Toe about the whole issue. And... I don't think the U.S. is going to win this war. And yes, I know it's not a U.S.-Russia war, but it, it kind of is. Um, I don't think they're going to win this one. I really don't think so. Uh, Russia is advancing. They're not retreating, right? At this point, it seems like we may have to put up the white flag and surrender. Because as 
um, James pointed out yesterday, in a war, nobody really wins. Nobody really wins, right? Uh, yeah, those were our international stories. After the music break, we will return with stories out of North America. Here's a little more from the oldies, but goodies, pal. We're going to start off with the Paragons. The tide is high. Just like that No, it's not the things you do that really hurts me bad But it's the way you do the things you do to me I'm not the kind of man who gives up just like that No, the tide is high but I'm to the Byron Lee and the Dragonairs band. Yes, it wasn't always about Soka. Absolutely right, Kay. They started out with ska. Take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. now this is the voice of Hope Ton Lewis. No slipping, no sliding, no bumping, no boring. I want to ride into town. If you fall from the race, it's no disgrace. Just speak yourself from off the ground. 
Take your time, take your time, take your time. No need to hurry, no, no, no. Take it easy, take it easy, take it easy, take it easy. No need to hurry, to hurry, to hurry, to hurry, to Thank you to all our listeners tuned in on Future FM 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. Thank you to all our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. Thank you to everyone on JanoRadio.com. And of course, a huge thank you to my clubhouse crew. This is where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram, Moments With Me Media, and on YouTube, Moments With Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, Retro Thursday's hair on Coffee and Toe. You're hearing nothing but some oldies but goodies. And this instrumental is courtesy of Byron Lee and the Dragonaires. The name of it is Green Island. And it is time for us to get started with our stories out of North America. A new law in California allows gun violence victims to sue gun manufacturers whose firearms were used in crimes. Mm, say hello to my little friend. And I'm actually reading that in the article, okay? <laughs> and by little friend, I mean lawsuits that are about to hit gun companies as California Governor Gavin Newsom has just signed a bill into legislation that allows gun violence victims to file civil suits against gun companies whose products were used in gun violence-related incidents. What is it called? It's called the California Assembly Bill 1594, and it is described as a bill that utilizes an exemption to the federal statute that allows gun makers or sellers to be sued for violations of state laws concerning the sale or marketing of firearms, reads a news release. The move comes as mass shootings and numerous gun-related incidents continue to hit the country. In just 2022 alone, there have been 23,513 gun violence-related deaths in the country. This is according to gunviolencearchive.org. Due to California's already tough gun control laws, the state was listed as having the 44th lowest gun death rate in the country, with 8.5 deaths per 100,000 people. And this is compared to 13.7 deaths per 100,000 nationally. And this is according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And Newsom is taking it a step further with California Assembly Bill 1594. To the victims of gun violence and their families, California stands with you. 
the gun industry, can no longer hide from the devastating harm their products cause, said Newsom in the news release. Our kids, families, and communities deserve streets free of gun violence, and gun makers must be held accountable for their role in this crisis. Nearly every industry is held liable when people are hurt or killed by their products. Guns should be no different. It's interesting as I read the, um, the sentence that California, in spite of having very strict gun laws, still has issues. And I applaud him because yesterday we read the um, article about the opioid crisis um, in California and that pharmaceutical companies and dispensaries such as Walgreens are being held accountable. And there is a $58 million payout with $54 million going into education, rehabilitation, and $4 million going to settle the legal fees. So, yeah, I agree. Everybody gets sued when there is loss of life. I don't see why gun uh, manufacturers should be exempt. So I agree with that. Yeah. The state of California, despite having tough gun control laws, still is the lowest. Well, it ranks 44th with death rate. Which reminds me of a conversation that DJ Naturalist or Stamen DJ Naturalist has said in here, which seems to be proven true. The states that have stricter gun laws have more gun-related issues versus those who, whose um, gun laws are lenient or non-existent um, seem to do better. So should we be loosening the reins nationwide then? What are your thoughts on that? Wait, am I missing? It's 44th among 50 states. Yeah. So it's not as high as others. But it's meaning with what I think what they're trying to say is with it having such strict gun laws, the uh, they should be number one or in the top 10 for having the least amount of gun related death. I I think I'm gonna reverse it and say they're sixth. Okay. The least amount of deaths. Just well, to reverse it that way. Yeah. Because <laughs> if like think about it that way. I might I'm I want somebody else's opinion too if I'm missing it and we're just like not understand not mixing each other. But they're still gonna be gun of deaths, regardless of how much control they have, because people still have guns and people still have do violent things in their homes with accidents. Also, like not just being violent, people have accidents. So, I um, I don't think there. I I applaud California. I applaud Governor Newsom, but people still exist and they do silly and dangerous things. Done yeah. speaking. Yeah. Thank you, Sonette. Yeah. So, um, let's see what happens. But I definitely support his move with regard to signing the. California Assembly Bill 1594 into law. 
So a Florida homeowner will not receive any legal punishment for shooting an AK-47 style gun at alleged home intruders. Escambia County Sheriff Chip Simmons says three men entered a man's home a little before midnight on July 7. The homeowner was there when the intruders came into the home. Fox News reports the man pulled out a handgun from his waistband but then dropped it. He then went to go get another gun, which was described as an AK-47 style gun. At the same time, the suspects picked up the weapon the homeowner dropped. Before leaving the home, the homeowner fired off his gun. He started shooting for his own protection to get them out of his house and to protect himself, said Simmons during a recorded video statement. Two of the men have been identified as 18-year-old Antonio Dwayne Dean Jr. and 20-year-old DeTorrance Leanders Hackworth. The third suspect has yet to be named. It was documented that the suspect was injured by a non-fatal gunshot wound to the head. Simmons says the homeowner would absolutely not face any charges for firing shots. The homeowner is protecting himself. And in Florida, in Escambia County, you can protect yourself. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a problem with that. You're breaking in my home. <laughs> Guess what? Get what you're going to get what you're going to get. Point blank. So you have to you, you have to protect yourself in your home, right? And he wasn't out there carelessly shooting at people. Yeah. In Columbus, Ohio, a man was arraigned on Wednesday. Oh, I, I should say this. I do apologize. This story is courtesy of the Associated Press. A man was arraigned on Wednesday in Ohio on charges of raping a 10-year-old girl whose case drew national attention following a doctor's comments that the child had to travel to Indiana for an abortion because of new restrictions in her home state after the U.S. Supreme Court's recent landmark ruling. The suspect's arraignment came days after some conservatives, including Ohio Republican governor and attorney general had raised questions about whether the case was real. Democratic President Joe Biden or President, sorry, yeah, Joe Biden had highlighted the case last week at the signing of an executive order aimed at protecting access to abortion. A detective testified Wednesday that Columbus police learned about the girl's pregnancy through a referral by Franklin County Children's Services that was made by her mother on June 22 and that she had an abortion in Indianapolis on June 30, the Columbus Dispatch reported. An Indianapolis physician who provides uh, abortion services, Dr. Caitlin Bernard, had told the Indianapolis Star that an abortion had been approved for such a child because the girl could not get the abortion in Ohio under a newly imposed state ban on abortions at the first detectable fetal heartbeat. A judge lifted a stay on the ban after the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling overturning Roe v. Wade. Appearing Monday on Fox News, Republican Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost had said he had not heard a whisper from law enforcement in in Ohio about any reports or arrests made in connection with such a case. Yost suggested later in the interview that the young rape victim would have met the Ohio heartbeat abortion ban's exception for medical emergencies. This young girl if she exists, and if this horrible thing happened to her, it breaks my heart to think about it. She did not have to leave Ohio to find treatment, he said. 
It is unclear, however, that the girl's condition met the law's definition of an emergency, which must be life-threatening or involve a serious risk of the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function. In a statement Wednesday, Yoss said the State Bureau of Criminal Investigation stands ready to help prosecute the case. He did not address his previous suggestions that the case was fabricated. Governor Mike DeWine, who, like Yost, faced criticism for questioning the, case, the case's veracity, had no new comments to offer on Wednesday. Hmm. As we previously stated, Governor DeWine views this crime as a horrific tragedy and has said if the evidence supports, the rapist should spend the rest of his life in prison. Police say the 27-year-old suspect confessed to raping the girl. He was arrested Tuesday and has not entered a plea. A message seeking comment was left for the public defender who represented him on Wednesday. <laughs> breathe in, breathe out. This statement, this young girl, if she exists, issue number one for me. No, it's not that one for me though. I'm sorry. Go it's ahead, the one but... that it wasn't it's the one that it wasn't a medical emergency. Yes, I was that's the one. <laughs> was... And I was screaming, Javette, Frackanackle. That's what I was screaming. That's what like <sighs> it wasn't a medical emergency. Okay, thank you. <sighs> I know where you're at. I'm done. You know what, Sunette? I was gonna list that one too. You're absolutely right. So that's number two. However, the girl's condition. It is unclear. Let, let me let me read it correctly. It is unclear, however, that the 10-year-old girl's condition met the law's definition of an emergency. And what is an emergency? Must be life-threatening or involve a serious risk of the substantial and irreversible impairment of a major bodily function. That's number two. Number three. <laughs> if the evidence supports the rapist should spend the rest of his life in prison if the evidence supports a 10 year old girl raped impregnated the mother has no choice but to take that and i can't blame the mother for taking her across state lines because of all the confusion that is swirling around the various state to state um laws as far as the uh abortion is concerned you're gonna tell me that any of you in here are okay with your 10 year old being raped and having a child no well let me speak for myself the answer is no with good conscience, no. No. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Sorry. Don't care what you want to say about me. Call me a supporter of murder. I do not care. Not happening on my clock. Good morning, everyone. Morning, Mama. Good morning, Rosolo. Good morning. I just wanted to add something. Um, I know you're saying she was raped at 10. Actually, she's recently turned 10. She was oh, raped Lord at nine. Jesus. That's even worse. Yeah, she was. She recently had a birthday. She was raped at nine. Yeah, that's all I wanted. I'm sorry to add that bit no. of information, but that's 
Yeah. I'm glad you added it. Glad you added it. We needed it. Yeah, she's, she was nine. Nine years old. Nine years old. And again, I'm going to play this one. We, we need this reminder because clearly we are... I have a few questions. Like, when can we expect some reading material? Because if there was ever a time for a pamphlet, this is it. Am I right? Like, what to expect when you're expecting as a child or mothers to be before 13? Like, something like that. Also, I was wondering, are we going to force these 10-year-olds to go to school and be subjected to the ridicule of their peers? Or are we going to isolate them in the house until they have these babies? Because we definitely don't want nosy Karen asking why there's a bump on your baby. <laughs> right? I mean, you have to tell them that it was the unfortunate circumstances that she was assaulted. And now she's being forced to carry that baby because all lives matter. <laughs> right? Right. We don't want that. Um, also... Will they be of legal age to be able to sign off on their own medical documents to determine whether they have a vaginal birth or a cesarean? See, this is when those pamphlets would come in handy because she should definitely know the high risk that it poses to her 10-year-old life to have a baby for sure. But I'm sure mommy or daddy can authorize those rather invasive procedures. Um, will she be able to decide to decide if she wants to keep that baby or give it up for adoption or will someone else make that decision for her and if she is able to keep the baby are we going to raise the minimum age to work in this country so that she can support the child because we all know how expensive daycare is and I feel like these are really important questions and questions that I feel like should be answered in these pamphlets that we should be able to see here any day the pamphlet should also cover things like if you're going to a sleepover, make sure you're wearing a panty liner because you're going to pee every time you sneeze from here on out. Also, here's the trick to dressing up your one piece because you don't want anyone to see that cesarean scar. They'll have questions and it will be shameful. Oh my God, who's speaking? Who just said all that? I came across that video last week on TikTok. And I played it. Oh my God, that I was beautiful. I played it in here last week. And it, I had to play it again because this issue that is in the news, the 10-year-old girl. And I am angry at the fact that <laughs> the comment is made if she exists. This young girl, if she exists and if this horrible thing happened to her, it breaks my heart to think about it, right? That's a ooh, Republican Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost. That's his comment. If this young girl exists, a doctor confirmed that this young girl exists. It got the attention of Joe Biden. She exists. Um, all of you who sit on there, you know something. Um, yeah. So if I decided to render my own form of justice as a father, I should not face any charges since this is theoretical, hypothetical, right? That's how they're making this sound. This is, this is, I feel you, I feel you moments. That, that, that rage, I tried to stay quiet because. <sighs> It's a radio program, <laughs> yeah. and I'm trying to really respect, you know, airspace. Ear but this is this is like, it's so indecent 
right? It's so sickening. And it's not like we don't have references in this society where, where, you know, it's just like, it's like how much more? I mean, children are not safe on any level, on any level, right? And then you expect these same systems, you're supposed to, you know, submit yourself to the justice system and trust and all these other things, play words they want to put on this system. That's, that's, that's unacceptable. That's all I can say. It's unex, it's completely unacceptable. And there would, there would definitely have to be a price to pay. And, and I, and we, and we don't need permission. We don't need permission, right. To acknowledge our own humanity. We don't need permission to do that. We don't need permission to. I, I know, I know. I'm trying to really, yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to really manage my words. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, Chief. All I keep saying in my head as you're speaking is, "Try Jesus, don't try me." Yes, Rosolo, you're absolutely correct. Rosolo put in the chat: the rapist was arrested, so she not she does exist. So how dare you say? if she exists and then to add insult to injury if the evidence supports if the evidence supports the rapist should spend the rest of his life in prison if the evidence supports so you're questioning her existence and you're questioning the validity of the claim. Now, even if the sexual encounter was consensual, it's still rape. According to law, it, uh, am I not right? Because she's a minor. Unless age nine is the age of consent in the state that she lives in. And I don't think it is anywhere in this country. That's right. We looked it up. The lowest was 13. Thank you. 15. Back up. 15. Yes, Sinead, I remember. The research was done right here on Coffee and Toe. When the whole, when the leak came out. Ah, to this person. Yost. Um. And, and also Governor Mike Devine, he also made a comment about the veracity of the case. You know, you can't, you know, oh, this is the devil on my left shoulder whispering. Let me not say it. I hope y'all don't have 10-year-olds or 9-year-old granddaughters or children that will get raped. And I hope if they do get raped, you sit your behinds down. Don't take them anywhere to get an abortion. Let them have that child. Let them have the child if it ever happens to one of you. And it kind of speaks. Yeah, go ahead, Sunette. Sorry, I just want to add one more thing. This this is one of the things that, that gets me even, even angrier when somebody goes, but I have a daughter. It should not matter that you have a daughter that this affects. There are daughters everywhere for every other person. Just because you have a daughter doesn't make it more real. It's still happening. Exactly. That part always gets me just an extra bit mad because it only matters it affects your family. Mm-hmm. And why is that? Because you're selfish. Mm-hmm. 
and the world doesn't exist outside of your little box. And those people need comeuppance. I'm done. I agree. You're absolutely right. You know, it's funny how when something happens to them, they create these laws. They even have laws with their names on them, like Amy's whatever. You know what I'm saying? They, like they'll go to that to that to that level. <laughs> oh my gosh! I do have to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Here is Derek Morgan for Win March. March. I want to say thank you to all our listeners who tuned in to Coffee and Toe on Future FM, 98.9 in the Bronx, Westchester, and Mount Vernon. This is Moments with me, signing off until next week, Thursday, when we meet again at 9 a.m. Eastern. Yes, the time went by way too quickly. But I do invite you to continue listening on QMZRadio.com, the Quality Music Zone, or on JanoRadio.com, J-A-H-K-N-O-Radio.com. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments and on Instagram at Moments with Me Media.
thank you to all our listeners logged on to qmzradio.com the quality music zone johnnoradio.com and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you're listening to coffee in tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where i read the news and we share our views don't forget to follow me on twitter at me media moments on instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and follow me on youtube moments with me media like share subscribe and turn on your notifications it is hashtag tbt throwback thursday retro thursday and we're taking it all the way back to the 50s 60s 70s and then we'll inch into the 80s Right before the break, we were talking about the man charged with rape of a 10-year-old who traveled for abortion, the story courtesy of the Associated Press out of Columbus, Ohio. Um, The man was arraigned, yeah, on charges of raping this 10-year-old girl. And the case drew national attention. And we were talking about how the case is um, held in scant regard. The the choice words that we have, we can't really use them, right? So it forces us to articulate our thoughts in a very respectful and professional manner, right? Um, but we know how we really feel inside and what we really want to say. And we're a little upset, not a little, we are a lot upset for the fact that Ohio, um, a Republican, he's a Republican, Ohio Attorney General Dave Yost um, said that if this young girl exists, if she exists, right? And then you have Governor Mike DeWine questioning the the veracity of the case, right? What did DeWine say? If the evidence supports, the rapist should spend the rest of his life in prison. This young lady, her mother, young girl, she's not a lady, she's a little girl. She's a baby, raped at nine years old, and I thank her solo for the update. Because the article says she is a 10-year-old, but she was actually raped at nine and just turned, recently turned 10. Her mother took her from Ohio to Indiana to get an abortion because of the new restrictions in her home state. The other thing that we are very upset about is what deems or what is deemed a medical emergency. So if they're going to question or, you know, Lawmakers who are not doctors determine what's a medical emergency. And if in their eyes it's not a a medical emergency, I take it the hand of the law comes down. She's 10 years old. That is a medical emergency. Point blank, full stop. No, no, No further questions. And to some degree, it would seem as though, Chief, that they're supporting the rapist to some degree, right? Because... If you were not 
in support in any shape, way, or form, you would not have said if the evidence supports. Right? Or am I wrong? So, rapists, the message that is being sent to them is that, hey, listen, there's a probability, there's a possibility you might be able to get away with this. That's the message that's being said. That's what I am hearing in my little mind. Probably I'm not educated enough to rationalize enough for a reason beyond, but that's what I am hearing. Sorry. Good morning. Good morning, Javette. So I wasn't listening to find out which state this was in. Oh, I can tell but, you. I can tell you. But no, <laughs> okay. not, 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 not important. important. Not where my mind is. Not important. <laughs> but, you know, everyone is innocent until proven guilty. Just got to, you know, that's why everything is in a question mark. I yield. It's funny though, Javette. Everyone That's exactly is exactly what I was saying. <laughs> I'm sorry, I was writing that in the chat. Uh, I, I don't have so much of a problem with that part because we're proven innocent before we're yeah. innocent before proven guilty. Some so of us. That part, I'm not as angry with you. With well, you, and I wrote you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to even go there. It's not even worth it. Not even worth some it. Some of us, Javette. Some of us are. Innocent until proven guilty. Some of us. Yeah, we yeah we know that. Why we wink at each other? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That part. Mm. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know what's gonna happen. Well, I was gonna say what's unfortunate is we're gonna see more examples of this happening. Yeah. Unfortunately. 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 The desperate the desperation, the desperate need to build up the race <laughs> makes them have zero zero concerns. Zero. They don't care. Let's just turn everything in an up upheave everything. Create a confusion. But as I said, try Jesus, don't try me. Because I know what would happen if that were my child. A young teenage boy will be charged as an adult in the murder of an elderly Philadelphia man. According to Fox 29, 14-year-old Richard Jones is accused of beating a 73-year-old man named James Lambert to death on June 24. The incident happened a little before 3 a.m. when surveillance footage captured a group of teens going after Lambert on the street in northwest Philadelphia. The video, which was released by police, shows the teens striking the man with traffic cones. One of the teens allegedly pulled out their phone and started recording the assault. Jones was reportedly the first to hit Lambert. A female suspect was also identified. She was seen in the video hitting Lambert at least three times. Police are still searching for five other suspects who have been described as two black males and three black females in their early to middle teen years. After being taken to a nearby hospital, Lambert died from his injuries a day later. 
On Monday, Jones and his 10-year-old brother turned themselves into the Philadelphia Police Department. Jones's younger brother was released without any charges. Reports, and this is according to a report from Fox 29 in Philadelphia, Jones is being charged as an adult with third-degree murder for alleged criminal conspiracy. What the heck is a 10-year-old doing on the road at 3 o'clock in the morning? 14-year... What are these teenagers doing on the road at 3 o'clock in the morning? With which Hello, parent? Philadelphia is a war zone. It is a war zone over there. Um, it's all kinds of things happening with the youth. Elderly, middle-aged, teenagers, you name it. It's a lot going on in Philadelphia. Um, it's a really bad place to be right now. Who's raising these children? That's my question. Who's raising these children? The school system. The broken school system. So they don't have parents? I would love to find them when I need them. Let me know. A lot of the parents over there are children as well. Oh, Lord, have mercy. That you don't know where your 10-year-old Three o'clock in the morning, assaulting an elderly man, and it's a black man, an elderly man going about his business. They released the 10-year-old. Why didn't they put him in juvenile delinquency? You put him in juvie, and then people can say, oh, that's cruel. No, it's not. This man is dead. 73-year-old man could be his grandfather or great-grandfather. Believe it or not, moments, we have hit a crossroad in our lives with dealing with the youth of our color. They have, they've lost the empathy over years come, especially now, and I think COVID wiped out whatever was left. It's not an excuse, but it's also a variable that they don't have empathy, that you could see it for each other. You, you know, they hurt each other with words, with action, they get mad. Some kid got mad and to go pencil and stab the kid in his and and his eyes, like just for a simple disagreement. So I could understand how a ten year old, fourteen year old, they thought it was funny. They just didn't stop, you know, because they think it's TV, TikTok. They want to get likes, but these things come with death consequences. But they something happening to our youth. I think we should go back to music and talk to the conscious. These are the one group of people whose songs, music, don't have things that pull their conscious level, that pull in their heart, that pull in them to think. Every generation I think of, music was the way. You know, I'm not blaming rap or doing anything else, but they also told their life story in their songs. So the kids who identify with it. So. To me, I, that's my opinion as an educator because I love, um, in fact, the impact that music has in our society. I think these kids miss this, that kind of revolution through songs. Ten-year-old. They turned themselves in. Ten-year-old released. Fourteen-year-old going to be charged as an adult. But you see, 
you, you made a valid point, Timothy, um, children having children, children who ha have no guidance, no leadership, left to do as they please. And then we have a system that says you can't discipline. Yes, you can't discipline your children. They don't want you disciplining their children. Leave it to them to discipline your children. And then they ask you, what happened? Why is your child? The system is so screwed up. A system that tells you if you slap your child, and I'm not saying abuse, there's a big difference. Right? The system tells you if you slap your child, the child can call 911. Gives children the upper hand. Children can tell parents what to do. But moment, that only happened in a certain social economic. You were completely correct when you said that it empowers young people, but it empowers a certain group of people because the movement in our country is to like lock up people that look like us. Yeah, you know, not do something wrong, but when for minimal offense, we get life sentences. So that's the reason why we where we are is year after year after year of locking up locking up locking up and this is the result of some of that and the uh, effect of some of that because i remember my son I'll give you a personal story we were in the store he was acting up for first time in my life i was shocked i looked at him so i gave him a moment to catch himself because i don't know what happened i took off my sandal you know caribbean parent <laughs> you go get the dot the heck out yep I know I, I whooped his butt right there and then and I remember this elderly lady came and said that you shouldn't do that. I said, yeah, you don't want me to do it because you don't want your children to be deciding 25 to life. But in the meantime, I'm going to do it to make sure your people that look like you don't get the opportunity. So that's the difference because I'm if I don't discipline them now, you won't get to discipline them later. So she just looked at me and walked and walked away, mind her business. Nobody else said anything after that. But it's the certain social economic that are listening to these school counselors that listen to the law. That's what happens. Counselors in, in, in law are running school. We have to go back. I know I say that a lot. It's easy said than done to go mentor and go back somehow and pull the youth in and love on them somehow because they really need it. And the teachers are at their wits end. We don't have any more to give. But we need to do something with our young people. Yeah. This child. Yeah. Go, go ahead, Timothy. I um. I, I just wanted to share something with you guys on that topic. Um, myself, I'm a spoken word artist, and um, I wrote something called "The Native Son," that definitely. Uh, speaks to that particular subject. Is that okay if I share that with you guys? Yeah, go right ahead. I think I have two minutes to spare. Go right ahead. All right. <clears throat> Some say that I'm a dreamer, but I'm not the only one. Imagine all the people 
living as one. Imagine. Imagine there was no future. Or you were living your life to grow up so that someone could shoot you. Or you were looking for something to soothe your pain that remains embedded in your esophagus so you swing through these streets like Batman and Metropolis. And stopping this pain is your only concern. And the more trees you burn, the more lessons are learned. But you feel foolish waiting for your turn to emerge from self-captivity and in inner city committees they call that gangster. There's no room for self-pity. Ain't life gritty? At least that's how it seems to someone with no dreams, gaining prestige, extorting things. I mean, this is what I talk about because I hear it and I see it daily. But not all fish are scaly. It's like that old expression, swim with the big fish because that's the rich. And if you're a broke man, you can possibly watch the fish swim from the land. But hope, and only hope, could put a fishing rod in your hand. And you can possibly catch what you can. And the average black man dies at 60 with a lot of bills. No money for caskets, so they bury them in potter's field. And the sight of a young boy seeing a father kill promotes him to kill. But no matter how much he kills, his void will never be filled. His time just expires earlier than that. Now his mom is left sad, and his two sisters are becoming bad. And I'd be glad when someone gets mad enough to put an end to this trend. No one answered Diana Ross and she asked, where does the road been? Or maybe Marvin Gaye would have been here today. See, a young boy growing up with no father and two sisters being the youngest, he lunges into manhood head first. All young boys play with fire engines, but how often do you see a red hearse? Never. Society is not designed like that. Not even if time turned back. Well, it always look like it's a job for the native son. I pray to God it's a creative one because life doesn't come with instructions, but you can definitely count on malfunction. See, I began to see that the native son is me. The more that I write this, I see through conjunctions so much my eyes discharge conjunctivitis. Swollen by the weight of my burdens, I must remain determined to be the man I need to be like submarines emerge discreetly, rising above poverty. But if it wasn't so hard, it wouldn't bother me. No one said life is easy. Life is cheesy with no crackers, but somehow we'll get this job done. And we got to pass our torch to the next native son. Imagine all the people living in the world. Thank you. Thank you, Timothy. Thank you very much for those powerful words through poetry. Thank you. And as you were, um, you're welcome. As you were reading, reciting, I'm thinking back to the comedy series Fresh Prince of Bel Air. And if we listen to the song, you know the intro song. West Philly, born and raised on the playground, is where I spent most of my days chilling out, maxing, so on. We know the rest. I, I hope we know the rest, right? Um. Got one little fight and my mom got scared. Said, I'm moving you with your aunt and uncle in Bel Air. That came to my mind. How old is that um, series? How old is the Fresh Prince of Bel Air? That's almost 30 years old. Ah. Almost. Okay. So, which brings me to the point that there has been an issue all along in the city of Philadelphia. But city officials refuse to address it. So it tells me, point blank, city officials do not care. Because if that, if, if Fresh Prince of Bel Air is 30 years old and the situation 
seems to be worse now. Do we need it any plainer? That's what I was thinking. West Philly born and raised on the playground is where I spent most of my days. Chilling out, Max, and yep. Yeah. Morning, everyone. Good morning, James. Yeah, and 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 Philly, Philly's been thing from um from Bill Cosby days, because Bill Cosby's from Philly too. And and he he spent a lot of his um charity work trying to to make you know that era better too. So so it's it's way over fifty years. So they don't care then, James. Confirmation. <laughs> Man, you have all the different pockets of the what they call the ghetto, but it's not necessarily the ghetto, it's just the word they use. But you have pockets of it in New York City and the different boroughs. We have pockets of it here in Washington, DC, and we have pockets of it, of course, in the south, the different cities. So it's everywhere they have these type of pockets of our people that the problem seems to be getting worse and not better. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to read a couple comments from the chat and then I'm going to keep it moving. Thank you, John, for your comments. Youth need interaction, learning, self-acceptance, self-tolerance, and the same for others. Learning how to reason as we have more technology, we become more isolated. The media and current society is all about fair expectations. One isn't allowed to make mistakes, fail, be better, so there's no opportunity for growth seeing relevance in ourselves each other money equals survival equals fair which is justified but overused abused and misused thank you for your comment john we're gonna have to keep it moving some good news chicago has been ranked the second best city in the world as part of a new list this isn't something you'd have to tell chicagoans because they pretty much already think chicago is the best city period but their feelings may have been confirmed by a new list that ranks the city as the second best city in the world more than 20,000 city livers gave their input to the 2022 time out index saying they felt chicago should be given the number two spot for the best city in the world their decision was based on the characteristics of the city culture how expensive it is and nightlife among other things i mean when you've got Harold's, Uncle Remus, Giordano's, Pearl's Place, and more. What more can you ask for? On top of all-around bomb Chinese food, Chicago's food and beverage scenes were called out as one of the city's top features. Whether you want to try world-class dining, party until 4 a.m. at historic clubs, spend a day soaking up the sun along Lake Michigan, see iconic artworks, or just wander among different neighborhoods, there's never a dull moment to be had. Yes, even when the winter rolls around, reads the report. Chicago was on the list with 52 other cities, with Edinburgh, Scotland, being ranked in the number one spot. The top five included Medellin, Colombia, Glasgow, Scotland, and Amsterdam, Netherlands. New York made the number 20 spot on the list. 
And a new poll found that nearly half of Republicans would not vote for Donald Trump if he ended up as a candidate in the 2024 presidential primary. This is according to New York Times. The New York Times and Siena College poll that was released on Tuesday shows that about 49% of Republican voters that participated in the survey said Trump would not get their vote. 64% of Republican voters under 35 said they also would not choose Trump as their next president. When asked about Trump's actions and behavior during the 2020 election, 75% of the Republicans said they felt he was just exercising his right to contest the election. And 19% said he went so far that he threatened American democracy. The poll was conducted by phone from July 5 to July 7. 849 registered voters participated. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was voted the second most popular candidate with 25% of the votes. I will say this, the Democrats. Do not laugh about this and think, oh, yes, we're going to be okay. That's the president. That position. Focus on states. Focus on your Congress right your representatives so don't get too comfortable thinking oh yeah we got this no you don't not yet they're just saying they wouldn't want him as president they're not saying they would give up or give up on the hope of you know controlling the house and the senate right so let's get that clear yeah moments history again um the, the poll that was done when he came down that elevator was was pretty much the same thing, or even worse. I think it was worse. Like people were saying, like hell no, like Donald Trump would never be. And see, like he he was and he won. So you have to take these poll with a grain of salt. <laughs> yep, the same. Way. Yeah, I, I remember when he was coming down with Melania, not smiling down those escalators, and and you know CNN did poll and and all these people like did these um. Companies did poll and talking about Donald Trump chances of becoming president and and yeah it was like nowhere close like they were like hell no like you know that that would never happen and he became president so I think I think the only thing can stop him from being president is DeSantis. Do we have anybody else besides DeSantis that could possibly qualify or he's just the... nope oh, nope okay. it's either DeSantis or Ted Cruz and no Ted oh, Cruz is the devil mercy. himself so. <laughs> so no. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So you're saying you do not like the job DeSantis is doing in Florida? Oh, hold on, Dre. Go ahead, Fabian. <laughs> you know what's funny? The more we don't like it, is the more uh, it's going to prop him up to be a possible contender in the next uh, election. He is uh, considered by many to be a junior Trump down here. Mm-hmm. So I'll definitely keep an eye out for him. If Trump has too much baggage from this, uh, from the Capitol riot, you know, followed from there. But DeSantis, to me, would be the central guy there for the GOP in the next Olympics. So hopefully not, but that's what it's looking like right now. That's how it's looking, Fabian. You know what it is? You know what it comes across, um, this meme? Um, let your haters be your motivators. That's it for DeSantis. People, he, people hate him, but um, it's motivating he, him. Has he- he has a selling point, you know, because um, in his, the GOP look at him as handling the COVID crisis 
um, yes. very well. True. So that's True. That, that's one of the things that they're gonna look at, and um, yeah. So they have a strong, 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 strong um, possibility of you know running and winning too, because um, Democrat need to step up get this um midterm thing coming out the way and then figure out who they're going to have to run also because i, I biden polls is very very bad hmm. yeah they're gonna have to and just think about it a toss-up between the and 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 and, and, and biden you already yeah, know that yeah 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 you have a valid point there very valid All right. that's a no-brainer right there as it yeah, stands so they better yeah. So they better start prep up Andrew Young, because if they don't prep him, I, 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 I don't know. DeSantis but, will be president. But have we been hearing anything about him? No, I haven't. Um, a lot of times you don't hear about them, you know. But when it come closer to election time and they, you know, start push up the candidates and stuff like that, you know. But um, he's the only person I see that worth anything on the Democratic side. <laughs> you said worth anything. Okay. Yeah, you know, you know Bernie, but Bernie is not a Democrat, but yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, James. I think, I th I think Democrats I think Democrats are gonna try to go for history again. They, they seem to be the the, the 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 party of history. So I think they're gonna find the most popular um gay candidate. Um what's his name? There's this guy that that's gay. I think they're gonna find and push him up there to be the first American gay president. they you know, they they like to be the first. First in everything, first black, first female, first everything. And because I don't think there's any um, female candidate that they think could win, they'll probably um, prop up. Like, um, I can't remember his name, but that guy, and push him up there to, to, to see if it, they can um, market. They can market, you know, the first gay president or something like that. But, um, James, I read it somewhere, or was I dreaming? Mention was made of Hillary Clinton, a slight possibility that she may. You know, it's a pop. It, 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 no, that, that's not happening. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's time for us to take another quick break. When we return, we do have um, business and tech and health and science news. Here is Bob Marlin, the Whalers with Simmer Down.
Thank you to all of our listeners logged on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. JohnNoRadio.com and everyone here with me on Clubhouse where the conversation happens. I'm Moments with me and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, world news on the go every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at me media moments on Instagram moments underscore with underscore me underscore media and join me on YouTube with moments with me media like share subscribe and turn on your notifications. Don't forget to download the Jano Radio app J A H K N O Radio available in your Apple and Google Play stores. No excuses. We are right there at your fingertips. For music while you play or while you work, log on to QMZRadio.com, the quality music zone. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, Retro Thursday here in Coffee and Talk. We're taking it all the way back, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. Coming up, we do have business and tech news, so please stay tuned. Inflation surges by 9.1%, driven by record gas prices. Inflation surged to a new pandemic-era peak in June, with U.S. consumer prices jumping by 9.1% year-over-year, according to fresh data released Wednesday by the Bureau of Labor Statistics. That's the highest level in more than 40 years and higher than the previous reading, when prices rose by 8.6% for the year ended in May. It is also much higher than the 8.8% economists predicted, and that's according to Refinitiv. The Consumer Price Index for June also showed that overall prices that consumers pay for a variety of goods and services rose by 1.3% from May to June. Much of the June increase was driven by a jump in gasoline prices, which were up nearly 60% over the year. Americans faced record high gas prices last month, with the national average topping $5 a gallon across the country. Electricity and natural gas prices also rose by 13.7% and 38.4% respectively for the fourth for the four, for the 12-month period ended in June. Overall, energy prices rose by 41.6% year over year. The White House said earlier this week it was expecting highly elevated inflation data, citing the continued impact of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Stripping out food and energy costs, which tend to represent transitory fluctuations, core CPI prices rose by over 0.7% over the same period and by 5.9% for the 12-month period ended in June. The Federal Reserve pays particular attention to that core data when assessing future inflationary trends, and the latest numbers likely give the central bank a green light to continue with its aggressive series of rate hikes 
to cool off the economy and bring down prices. The Fed is widely expected to raise its benchmark interest rate by at least 75 basis points at its next monetary policymaking meeting on July 26 to 27. Uh, Dre, thank you. Um, You'd sent me an article with regards to housing prices tapering off or on the decline. I wish that, well, <laughs> let me be careful how I make this statement. For home, for those seeking to purchase a home, I wish that were the case. For those who own homes, they don't look at it that way. They're looking at, um, especially if they're looking to take out the uh, equity in their homes or looking to sell their homes to move out of state. Because if you sell your home in Florida, um, chances are you're not going to be able to buy back the same price point or the same quality, right? So they're probably going to be moving out of state. So for some, it's a good thing. For some, it's not such a good thing, right? Um, But the inflation is real. The inflation is real. And um, last week, we read the article where Biden had authorized the export of fuel. We're here crying out, can do something to help us. Um, A lot of money has been pumped overseas where this war is concerned. And it's going to continue. Inflation is going to continue to go up. That's all I I can say right now. Um, Reading these percentages means nothing to me. To me. I'm not an economist. What I speak is dollars and cents, and I know how far a dollar can go. And right now, a dollar can't go more than 50 cents. For me, that's what I am feeling. A dollar, um, what I could purchase with a dollar um, January, I can't purchase it with a dollar right now. I just can't. I can't. Oh, did I give you all an update on the the price of uh, two flats of eggs now at BJ's? That's where I go. Remember some weeks ago I mentioned that, you know, the price had doubled in one supermarket. So I was going to BJ's to get it there and, you know, I'd get it two flats for the price of one. Now, damn, $13.79. Yep. So eggs, precious commodity. Precious commodity. So don't be alarmed if when you go to your favorite pastry shop and the price of the pastry has gone up. Don't be alarmed if when you're doing your party planning and you want to get a cake and, you know, the baker that you would reach out to. Oh, these cakes are so drop-dead gorgeous. You know, last week they quoted you a price of, say, $500 for the cake, and this week it's now $800. Don't be alarmed and don't try to talk them down. Don't do it. The price of ingredients has gone up. Flour, up. Everything has gone up, all right? So either you scale down the size of the cake or not have a cake at all. That's all I'm going to say. Inflation is whipping us right, left, and center. Um, LGBTQ harassment slurs abound in social media reports, says coming out of uh, the Associated Press. Social media platforms, including Facebook and TikTok, are failing to stop hate and threats against LGBTQ users, a report issued on Wednesday from an advocacy group Glad found. Those are some of the Internet's most vulnerable users, with a majority of LGBTQ people saying they have faced menacing posts or comments when they're scrolling through social media. But it is unclear how social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube are handling those threats. 
Netflix partners with Microsoft to offer cheaper plan with ads. Streaming giant Netflix says it will work with Microsoft to offer a cheaper subscription plan that includes advertisements as it fights to attract customers. The announcement on Wednesday came as the company posted its first subscriber loss in more than a decade and also projected deeper losses to come. Microsoft has the proven ability to support all our advertising needs, said Chief Operating Officer Greg Peters in a blog post on Wednesday. More importantly, Microsoft offered the flexibility to innovate over time on both the technology and sales side, as well as strong privacy protection for our members. For its part, Microsoft said advertisers will have access to the Netflix audience and premium connected tv inventory all ads served on netflix will be exclusively available through the microsoft platform adding advertising means netflix will expose itself to some thorny issues including debates around consumers personal data being harvested on a massive scale to target them with more lucrative personalized pitches you can't win anywhere you turn. You're going to get um, thrown in the mix. Everybody's clamoring for our information because everybody's trying to see how to position themselves best. Everybody is trying to spend their marketing dollar to get more bang for their buck. That's what it boils down to. It's all business, nothing personal. Uh, yeah, in sports news, former NBA star Charles Barkley donates $1 million to Spelman College. Charles Barkley announced that he's making that donation. It's not the first time the NBA analyst has made a huge contribution to a historically black college or university. It's his sixth time being generous i can't believe somebody's actually keeping count barkley who is 59 has personal ties to the women's college located in atlanta his longtime friend and business partner john hudson has a daughter jordan who goes to spellman and the hall of famer said he's witnessed the positive impact the school has had on jordan who is an incoming sophomore set to serve as class president john has been a great mentor a great friend and a great business partner Barkley said, I was ready to do another HBCU and with his daughter doing great things at Spelman, I told him, why not there? Apparently, giving back is something Barkley likes to do. People are aware of Charles from TNT and his NBA stardom, but I don't think people are aware of how focused he is on philanthropy and entrepreneurism, said Hudson. Barclay's friend told the outlet, Charles knows how committed Jordan is to Spellman has seen how it has transformed her worldview. Good for you, Charles Barclay. And LeBron James came under a little bit of fire. LeBron James clarifies a comment he made saying he would question returning to the U.S. if he was Brittany Griner. Yeah, um, LeBron James recently shared his outlook on the Brittany Griner situation and says if he were her, he would question returning. LeBron made the comments during a recent taping of The Shop, and according to the shower trailer that was released, the conversation apparently turned to the incarcerated athlete. Now, how can she feel like America has her back? I would be feeling like, do I even want to go back to America? James doesn't feel as if the U.S. is doing enough to bring Griner home, despite her case being covered in America and across the world. After the clip went viral, James clarified his statement on Twitter. My comments on the shop regarding Brittany Griner wasn't knocking our beautiful country. 
I was simply saying how she's probably feeling emotionally along with so many other emotions, thoughts, etc. Inside that cage she's been in for over 100 plus days. Long story short, hashtag bring her home. That's what he tweeted. Uh, Britney's wife, Cheryl Griner, spoke with both President uh, Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris. Notably, it seems the shop episode may have been filmed before Sherelle spoke with the Jew, and that's according to TMZ. Biden also wrote a letter to Brittany, which she did receive. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre has regularly handled questions from reporters about all topics Griner-related. The United States State uh, Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, has also been in communication with her family, U.S. Congressman Colin Alred, who is a former athlete at Baylor Light. Brittany has also worked around the clock to free Griner. However, there are supporters of other prisoners who have been locked up abroad, particularly in Russia, that have been upset by how hard the U.S. government has seemingly tried to get Griner back, while other families say the same level of effort is not being paid to the cases of their loved ones. As for Griner's release, it doesn't look imminent. Griner has not yet been sentenced and could face 10 years in prison. Yep. <sighs> um, I don't know. I can understand the supporters of other prisoners feeling a little you know, peeved about it that everybody's rallying behind her and nobody's rallying behind their folks. Um, did they make pleas? Did they reach out for help? We don't know. Need more information as far as that is concerned. Yeah, but imminent. Danger of being swept away, about to happen. I don't know why. I'm trying to be positive for her sake. But, yeah, looks sticky-icky there, in my opinion. Um, you know, hope for the best. Now it's time for Caribbean Corner. In the Caribbean corner, our first story comes out of Antigua. Prime Minister Gaston Brown has rubbished plans by a former pilot with the cash-strapped regional airline Liat to sue him for defamation. As usual, Neil is looking for noticement and relevance, Prime Minister Brown said. Pilot Neil Cave, who has been leading the fight for terminated employees to get monies owed to them, claims that Prime Minister Brown made def- defamation pronounce that word for me is it defamatory i think so yeah. yes <laughs> statements and tarnished his reputation while speaking on his weekend radio show in antigua recently thank you javette yeah sometimes you forget the pronunciation of words right and i'm not embarrassed to say i yeah i don't care brown is reported to have said that he would not support the pilot returning to a revived liat and in fact if the government of barbados tried to get him back in there we are going to protest. On Monday, Cave said Brown's remarks made on a radio program were a personal attack on him and his good name because he dared to speak out, speak out about the injustices going on at the Antigua-based company. Ooh, 
The Barbadian pilot disclosed that he would be filing a lawsuit in the court in St. John's shortly, asking for an undisclosed sum of damages. All right, then. A reported case of malaria has been recorded in the Bahamas. This was confirmed by the Ministry of Health and Wellness on Tuesday. The patient affected is a Bahamian male in his mid-30s who traveled to West Africa, the minister said in a release. The patient is receiving treatment in a private facility and a full recovery is expected. The Ministry of Health further stated that its contact tracing and surveillance teams have been activated. Updates will be provided to the public when deemed necessary. Residents are advised to adhere to all protocols outlined by the country's vector control division. This is in an effort to diminish catchment areas where mosquito larvae can grow. Malaria is not endemic to the Bahamas and the last reported case of local transmission was over 10 years ago. Time for us to do some traveling. You know what? We need to really stop talking and start doing. Dominica, named Best Caribbean Island by Travel and Leisure Magazine. Readers of Travel and Leisure Magazine have adjudged Dominica as the best island in the Caribbean. Dominica scored 91 from readers who took part in the world's best award survey. The report said Dominica has an undiscovered quality that can be rare not only in the region but the world over. It's a dream for hikers, snorkelers, and all kinds of adventurers. But the island also offers pockets of over-the-top luxury, including this year's best resort hotel in the Caribbean, Secret Bay, tucked within the rainforest with three house-style villas. Mm, three house-style villas, sounds exciting. Draw-dropping nature views and private plunge pools. Coming in at number two was St. Vincent and the Grenadines, who received a score of 89.79. Travel and Leisure said its readers rated SVG for its fantastic water excursions not we're not done yet the caribbean is on a roll um anguilla was a close third with a score of 89.3 the island was rated for its unspoiled beaches and clear turquoise waters the bvi british virgin islands and the bahamas dominated the competition with three entries on the list all right the bahamian island of exuma placed fourth in case we're wondering okay so here's a rundown I got to look at this rundown. Jamaica, you got to do better. Tighten up, Jamaica. I'm sorry. I'm being um, <laughs> a little bit too much right now. But here's the top. Here's the list. Top 25 islands. Number one, Dominica. Number two, St. Vincent and the Grenadines. Anguilla comes in at number three. Exuma Bahamas at number four. St. Lucia and Grenada, five and six re- respectively. Uh Turks and Caicos comes in at number seven. St. Bart's number eight. St. Bart's I thought would be more would be higher up considering they're so expensive. Jost Van Dyke in the BVI, St. John's in the USVI, Aruba, number 11, Harbor Island in the Bahamas, number 12, Cuba, number 13, Vieques, Puerto Rico at number 14, Nevis at number 15, Virgin Gorda in the British Virgin Islands comes in at number 16, 17, 18, and 19, Bermuda, Bonaire, and Jamaica. Cayman Islands holds down the number 20 spot with Antigua number 21, Barbados 22, Tortola BVI number 23. I don't know how you pronounce this island in the Bahamas. E-L-E-U-T-H-E-R-A. Is it Eleuthera? 
I don't know. St. Martin, number 25. Hmm. Yeah. Who did this list? Travel and Leisure, and it was the readers who selected. Now, the number of lead readers, 91 readers. Yeah. And what were the categories based on what? The beach, uh, just the beaches? I don't know. That, well, people mentioned various things. Um, villas, nature. Okay. Yeah. I guess the experience. So I think we need to form a little group and we just go around to all these islands and give our own um, feedback. This is not funny, but I don't think Haiti is never going to make that list. <laughs> but there are beautiful parts to Haiti. There, there, there are other reasons why it's not making we the know. list. Yeah. But <laughs> we know. We know. We know. That's why I'm laughing. I know some people might be offended. It's not funny, but what do you want me to do? Trinidad <laughs> is not there. Yeah. I, no, but Trinidad is not an island that's scenic. Tobago yeah. is more scenic than Trinidad. <laughs> I'm surprised Tobago isn't on there. Tobago is gorgeous. Beautiful. Like, I, I've been to Anguilla, Aruba. I don't see, did you say Aruba? I don't hear Aruba. Aruba is number 11. Aruba is gorgeous. Um, yeah, so, yeah. Turks and Caicos is gorgeous, and St. Lucia is gorgeous. So, you know, I can't disagree with the list. I just would, would I wish Jamaica would be a little further up in Trinidad or Tobago would be somewhere on there. Grenada is missing too. I don't know. Oh, the Spice Island? I don't know. I don't know. That doesn't make sense. That doesn't yeah, Trin make sense. Trinidad wouldn't be on it because Trinidad is not really no. that touristy. Yeah. Um, Grenada is not as, um, no, I'm I lying. Grenada is there. I'm lying. Grenada is number six. I lied. I'm sorry. Grenada is number think, six. I think what, what they do to, um, a lot of, a lot of these, the islands are getting the top ratings now because they are like, um, I think why Jamaica would not be say like in the top 10 is because Jamaica has been like overused. So a lot of the islands now that are like almost like virgin islands. There's not a lot of people that um, have been exposed to those islands. They're like untouched. Like their beaches are not like um, manufactured. Like how in Jamaica now you have like companies going in and, and tearing out the, the reefs and, and making the, the beach almost like fake. So and, and easy accessibility, like low crime rate. Like if you go to some of those islands, like St. Kitts and a lot of those other islands, it's easy to just come out of your hotel and just access the entire island without, without fear of crime or anything like that. So they take all those stuff into consideration. Yeah. Okay. You know... Go ahead, Dr. Daphne. Go ahead. Hence why Haiti would never make that list. And the crime world alone, though. That's not funny. But. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'm glad you brought up Haiti because I do have a story coming up, um, shortly. Uh, here's what I will say with this list. I'm proud because I'm from the Caribbean. And I think what it speaks to is us as natives of the Caribbean. Um, it's teaching us to appreciate the gems that we have, Right. And I think it's encouraging us as Caribbean natives to visit and support the other islands. Don't just go to your home island, right? If you're from Barbados, don't just focus on going to Barbados. Do some island hopping. Spend time in these islands. As similar as they are, 
there are still differences, right? And it's uh, it's another way to build up the eco the economics in the different countries, you know, because you do have a lot of people who rely on tourism as their um, means of revenue. And I'm not talking about the hotels alone. I'm talking about the common person on the street who has their stall with their goods, you know, their carvings, their artwork, their straw hats, the jewelry, you know, the restaurants, by the way. And I, I want to encourage people, when we go to islands, get out of these hotels. Get out the hotels, you know, explore. Get with locals, and I because you get a different view than what is according to James. James, I'm going to steal your word: manufactured, what is packaged, and you know where they only carve out certain places to show you. And a lot of times, some of the most beautiful places are those hidden spots that only the locals can find. Right. So I would say, you know, let's do some traveling throughout the Caribbean. You know, if you can afford to do one weekend, one island per month, you know, a little weekend, or if you can do one every other month. However, let, let's invest in the Caribbean, you know? Yeah. Now moments. Yes, Jafet. <laughs> you know that you still have to be safe. Yes, of course. On, so usually the staff will know where the safe places are and the person who is uh the person that can take you to these places yes yes of course thank you for pointing that out thank you you're absolutely right exercise caution wherever you go right yeah so good job caribbean islands keep going dominica I see you waving your flag. Our next story comes out of Guyana. Guyana is to host International Solar Alliance Conference in August. That's the fourth regional meeting of the Latin American and Caribbean region of the International Solar Alliance. The ISA seeks to develop and deploy cost-effective and transformational energy solutions powered by the sun to help member countries develop low-carbon growth trajectories, with particular focus on de delivering impact in countries categorized as least developed countries and the small island developing states. The August 3 to 5 regional meeting will provide an opportunity for ISA member states to review and align their strategic priorities and regional initiatives in the area of solar power generation with the goals of the ISA. And we head over to Jamaica for the next story. Close to, no, I'm sorry. Well, you know what, let me do Jamaica since I have it lined up here. Close to $1 billion in traffic tickets issued by cops in 2021. Close to $1 billion in traffic tickets were issued to delinquent motorists by the police last year, according to the 2021 edition of the Economic and Social Survey Jamaica. According to the survey, a total of 476,879 traffic tickets were issued in 2021, an increase of 18% when compared to 2020. Traffic fines totaled more than $968 million. The main offenses for which motorists were ticketed were not wearing a seatbelt, which accounted for 27.4% of all the tickets issued. This was followed by excessive speeding, which accounted for 10.7%, 
The government's coffers got a healthy boost during the year as at December 31. Some 48% of the tickets with fines of $456.9 million had been paid at Tax Administration Jamaica. Another 4.3% valued at $54.9 million was settled in court and 39.7% valued at $381 million was before the court while the balance was still outstanding. And I'm sure we could get more, right, James? <laughs> if it's if it wasn't for the way you can do for yourself statement, right? Um, so I do hope that they're able to recoup all this money. Um, what is it going to be put toward? Hope it's going to be put toward good use. Uh, my hope is that it will help to significantly reduce the debt owed to China for the roads infrastructure development right um or if you're not going to use it to repay that to accelerate the repayment let us see see how we can improve salaries for the um police force just my little two cents the other story out of jamaica back to school support for lowest paid public sector workers public sector workers who earn salaries at the lowest levels will receive support for back-to-school expenses from the government. This was announced by the Minister of Finance and Public Service, Dr. Nigel Clark. He said, We're working to ensure that we will have in place a program that persons who earn at the lowest levels in the public service can be assisted with back-to-school support in the same way we are assisting non-program of advancement through health and education, which is PATH. Uh, Dr. Clark noted that the support, which will target persons earning $600,000 or less per annum, is being offered ahead of the completion of the public sector compensation review. The new compensation is unlikely to be in place prior to those back-to-school expenses, which we know will be elevated given global inflationary pressures. The minister said he will provide further details about the intervention shortly. I appreciate that you're you know the government is looking led by Dr. Nigel Clark is looking into that alleviation is needed right um and we go on to Haiti for our next story thousands of people are trapped without access to food drinking water and medical care in an isolated part of the Haitian capital Doctors Without Borders has said, as clashes between rival gangs in Port-au-Prince's Cité Soleil neighborhood escalates. In a statement, the humanitarian aid group said residents have been unable to leave an area in the city known as Brooklyn, while trucks that bring drinking water into the neighborhood have been unable to enter. Jean Hislain Frederick, the deputy mayor of the city, said earlier this week that the fighting erupted on Friday in a battle between members of two rival gangs and that at least 50 people had died and more than 50 were wounded. People have no access to water, no access to electricity, and there is a great need for health care in latrines. Because of the current fighting, the situation has worsened. Mohindo, who is um, MSF's head of the mission in Haiti, also said corpses are decomposing or being burned along the road into Brooklyn. They could be people killed during the clashes or people trying to leave who were shot. It is a real battlefield. It is not possible to estimate how many people have been killed, he said. The clashes in the city has 
have also forced the closure of the nearby fuel terminal, the Varu, a source familiar with the matter told the Reuters news agency. Two ships carrying imported fuel have been unable to unload their cargoes, and fuel trucks that distribute to filling stations are not approaching the terminal due to security concerns. Haitian protesters blocked roads in the downtown area of the capital on Wednesday morning in anger over the lack of supplies. Groups of motorcycle drivers blocked intersections and some were setting tires on fire. <sighs> what's going to happen? Dr. Daphne, what's going uh, Let me tell you, because this is a perfect example when you have your government that's against its own citizens. That's what it looks like. We, as a nonprofit, we've gotten medical supplies that got hijacked. So we stopped going to Haiti. Our people are not going because the last time we had a truck full of medical supplies to take to Haiti, the some of the police officers and some of these chiefs are part of the gang. They're part of the problem. And that's, I don't know what's going to happen in moment. It's really heartbroken and um, hopeless for me. I'm going to speak for myself, I'm, but every day I got to get up and do a new hope for Haiti because it is getting worse. Why? Because the gangs are the government. They're part of the government. They they started a long time ago. Now they've lost control of it all. And um, we don't know what's going to happen unless we... I just want to take Haiti and dump it upside down and get rid of all the people. I know I have family members too. They could go to just start it again. A beautiful country like that it's just, I'm sorry, I'm just, I don't have a word. Yeah. So, Dr. Daphne, do the citizens not realize that, well, let me not say the citizens, let me be more specific. The gangs, those who are acting like guerrillas, are they not cognizant of the fact that the behavior is going to further separate them from the world? Meaning, other nations who may be considering wanting to help are going to say, you know what? No, we're going to back out there because they, they can't seem to get it under control. Well, that's the kind of question we like to ask any game infested city. Why do they choose the particular location for them to do the activity? I don't think they care because Haiti soil is rich in mineral and rich in everything. If you, look at any black country that are rich in something that other group of people need. That's the template to get us to fight one another. Why are we doing that? Everything about Haiti has been hauled out of Haiti, depleted, taken, and why are we fighting? So I'm pretty sure they're aware, and that is the purpose of it all, Is I believe is detriment, distraction, you know, distraction and the destruction for what's going on in Haiti. They are very well aware of what's going on. How are you going to pull Haiti supposed to be poor? How is it Haiti so poor and all of this going on in a so-called poor, uneducated It doesn't make sense to me. But yet money, everything is going on in Haiti. Where is it coming from? Yeah. Thank you, Dr. Daphne. Go ahead, Fabian. Yeah, thank you so much. Moment. I had a question. Uh, Dr. Philip, I had a question in regards to um, I've heard from my friends of Haitian heritage who were, some were born there, that it's um, a select group of families that actually run 
Haiti. They are the power brokers, so to speak. Um, if that is so, with all that's going on, I have a friend right now. She can't leave her yard and where she is right now because she's she can't even go, come close to her office because the gang warfare that's been going on for a better part of a year now. Is all this chaos, is this beneficial to these families that just trying to keep the, the, the society in this state of fear, almost paralysis, does that benefit them in any way? Because we know they do not make guns in Haiti, that they were imported by certain people. So if you could speak on that, please. Thank you. Yes, it does. Uh, like I said, Haiti's soil is full of minerals and a lot of the stuff that that's used in terms of creating bombs, creating the ammunition that some countries need, gold, silver, and um, some other one, I forgot the name of them, I apologize, I'm not specific. It, it does create more money for them because gun trafficking, you have the drug trafficking. Don't forget what's important about Haiti, people don't forget, is that Haiti is a boat ride away from the United States. You could access anywhere in the U.S. via Haiti. So there are surrounding countries that are benefiting, that are finding Haiti for that reason, one of the reasons, one of the reasons alone. It benefits that family member very great deal. They control the port, they control the airport, they control the business that are going in and out of Haiti. So they have monopolized that environment. You know, remember, wherever there's gang, politics are not too far. And drugs and um, human trafficking, every sort of illegal activities is not too far. And they're the one benefiting for it. And the young people and the citizens of the areas are paying for it because they got nothing. They're taking people's land. Because what's key to in Haiti, people own their land. They own their home. So if you could get them to run away to, to do all of that, you get access to the land. So that's what it is. It's, to me, I just think it's um, clean house. I don't know if you remember Washington, D.C. was very drug infested for years. People couldn't drive a certain area. And then all of a sudden now it's vanilla. I think it's all part of a bigger system yeah. of, uh, of cleaning away the citizens of Haiti for them to get access to the land where it could become like anywhere else except they get to pick and choose who lives there. Because Haiti is beautiful and rich in everything. It's still a virgin island. Yes, it may benefit the people to answer your question, Fabian. Okay, thank you, Doctor. Yeah. Sounds about right, Dr. Daphne. Thank you for that explanation. Thank you for the question, Fabian. Sounds about right. And as you are given the the explanation, I think about something James always says. You create the problem, right? People go in, quote unquote people go in, create the problem, and then leave. And unfortunately, the citizens of the country don't realize what's going on or what has happened to them. They have been so misguided, misled, they're confused and start turning on each other. The very thing the people want to have happen. Can I ask something, Mr. Yes. Dr. Yes, yes. Yeah, so, so Dr. Daphne, I'm curious, as China ever tried to to do anything in haiti because i haven't heard i've heard of like all these other caribbean islands like probably over 20 islands that china is working with now and pretty much half of africa so like haiti being um such a 
a beautiful land space and, 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 and such a big space in the Caribbean with minerals and everything like that. Has China ever tried to, the Chinese government ever tried to go in and invest like in airports and stuff that they're doing in other countries? The Chinese went a few years back wanted to develop roads and bridges around Haiti, but the government wanted their share and will not move. So they pull away. We don't necessarily have Chinese. We have South Koreans that were able to do some kind of um, settlement and part of Haitian. And those are the ones that we see more, you know, in um, Haiti. But they build their own thing. So it's not necessarily they embedded within the government like Chinese. So don't get all celebrating when you hear China working with Africa. China is not working in Africa. They are just just new set of uh, um, perpetrators and um well we're on radio i don't want to call it what i really want to say they're the so. new colonizers thank you <laughs> they're the new, and they're more wicked than the one before that so i definitely don't care much for them in my country because they don't care about their cities and they're not gonna give a damn about the black people in haiti so um they came in um doing the different disasters but the u.s government always stopped them they don't let their boat anything in docked and and i think at one point putin went to haiti to try to get something too i don't know i think they, if they are they're doing it in the back door they're not coming in straightforward like colombia have tried they have done it and not just so korean have done it but like i said the government of haiti is nothing to play around with you think america's um corrupt haitian um government or or the key to what's going to happen to its own citizen. They are not innocent of all of this. So majority of the problem are there because of you got to grease their hand, get them their share, if they feel like it, they share with the citizen. And so they're getting it from everybody. So that's why they're rich in their pocket. They're getting money from everywhere. And the country is dying. Wow. James, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, that, it's just sad. It's, it's just that I thought that because I know, like with Jamaica and some of these other countries, that the deals that that are made are not, like, good deals. Like, But I think some people look at some of the benefits, like, for example, in Jamaica, like the highways and stuff like that. Even though, like, it was a bad deal, people are looking at it and say, okay, at least their infrastructure. And it's just sad to see, like, because I know, like, Haiti was like one of the first countries in the world that had like um, solar stoplights and stuff like that that were operated um, by, you know, solar energy. And and yeah, they were doing stuff before. So it's just sad that, you know, there's n there's no partnership. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're screwed by, by France. Like America is there doing their job just the same. And no one is there to, to kind of step in. Like whether it would have been you know, like all these countries are the same. So you think that, okay, maybe like Russia or China, those two countries will try and say, okay, this is a big um, land space that America is ignoring and France has like pretty much raped the, the entire country. So we, we're going to step in. We're going to take what we can get, but we're going to give them something in return and, and form a, an alliance with them because the proximity to America. I thought... You know, maybe something like that would have happened. And then if Russia or China made an attempt, then maybe America would step up and say, we don't want in our backyard. So we're going <laughs> to do more. We're going to do more for, 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 Haiti, for Haiti just to get you out of our backyard, you know? Probably that's what needs to happen, you know? Right? Well, miss, with 
don't realize when Haiti got the independence, they won the independence against the powerhouse of the time. It's like having Jamaica come in and fight against uh, United States in one. So with that alone in history is what Haiti is still paying for. Because you know how we in this side of the people from Africa are being, you know, treated, templated and trained and educated in a certain way. So Haiti for sure, they're not going to allow Haiti to become a beacon. It's going to be the new Mecca for a lot of countries because we're the first one to have our independence. And we are still like that. Haitians still will not let anyone colonize them. And that's another thing. Those are good things. But when China comes, they want to be the new, new colonizers. Uh, America, the Haiti is just not going to go for it. As bad as it is, <laughs> as horrible as it is, that's what's happening. And before we get the independence we didn't have time to build the infrastructure of the country we 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 broke off right before that and france took all the money and shared it with dominican republic next door and took the rest to make sure our infrastructure never got built and the people the same family consistently make sure they don't get built it, you have so many corrupt in electricity water basic life things that they don't give it to the country and they have the money <laughs> Wow, that, it's sad. We continue to pray for the island of Haiti, the nation of Haiti, that there will be peace, that there, that somebody who is a true leader, a true leader can step up and put this country back on its course. You need to kill seven families. <laughs> oh, Lord have mercy. <laughs> wow. In our story... I uh-huh i'm not, i never excuse that that's why when i go to places i'm my business i'm 100 believe in violence and i'm like i no, you, you seven people seven families wow <laughs> wow 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 get it together Haiti. get it together our story out of latin america u.s companies to invest 40 billion dollars in mexico through 2024 this story comes to us courtesy of Al Jazeera. United States companies plan to invest $40 billion in Mexico between now and 2024. Mexican President Andres Manuel Lopez Obrador told a meeting of U.S. and Mexican executives on Wednesday, according to Mexican Foreign Minister Marcelo Ebrard. Lopez Obrador and Ebrard are in Washington after a meeting between the Mexican president and his U.S. counterpart Joe Biden as well as other officials on Tuesday. Calling it great news for Mexico, Ebrard revealed the prospect of investments on Twitter as Mexican officials met the executives for a business breakfast in the U.S. capital. Mexican officials said the talks could deliver progress on a raft of pending investments in Mexico by U.S. energy companies. Billions of dollars in foreign investment in Mexico have been held up by disputes between companies and the government as Lopez Obrador tightened state control of the energy market. Still, Lopez Obrador on Tuesday told Biden that Mexico was ready to work with the U.S. to help secure energy supplies and promote the economic integration of North America. Mexican Economy Minister Tatiana Claudia, who was also at the business breakfast on Twitter that Lopez Obrador noted he had come to listen to energy companies, including Semper Energy. The U.S. Ambassador to Mexico, Ken Salazar, said in a, in a June statement that Mexico and the U.S. are working through disputes involving U.S. companies worth some $30 billion. These are the type of investments that we need in um, 
Nicaragua, Cuba, Haiti, Venezuela. And I, to help ease some of the issues, the economic issues and the woes that its citizens are providing, opportunities, right? We're going to have to take another quick music break when I return. It is, believe it or not, news and entertainment news. There's some more oldies but goodies. Byron Lee and the Dragonaires with Jamaica's Gap.
to all our listeners logged on to qmzradio.com the quality music zone janoradio.com and everyone here with me on clubhouse where the conversation happens i'm moments with me and you're listening to coffee in tow world news on the go every monday through friday starting at 9 a.m to 12 p.m eastern where I read the news and we share our views. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Me Media Moments, on Instagram Moments with Me Media, and on YouTube Moments with Me Media. Like, share, subscribe, and turn on your notifications. It is hashtag TBT Throwback Thursday, Retro Thursday. We're taking it all the way back. You heard some ska, dub, reggae today. We went as far back as the 50s. Came up through the 60s, 70s, and you know, you heard a little 80s dabbled here and there. Back to foundation, back to basics. Coming up, we have Believe It or Not stories. Please stay tuned. And it is time for Believe It or Not stories. A Georgia corrections officer was caught smuggling almost $30,000 to an inmate she was romantically involved with, according to reports. The money was allegedly used by a prison crime ring to bribe guards at Smith State Prison in Glenville. Vic Reynolds the director of the GBI told WSB-TV Channel 2 about the indictment. I'm not talking about $100 or $500. I'm talking about $29,000 that they brought into the state prison system. According to Reynolds, the money was intercepted. The indictment was filed against Irion, I hope I pronounced her name correct, Moore, for furnishing prohibited items to inmates and violating her oath. Moore was terminated as a correction officer in April of 2021. Devon Waller, or Waller, the alleged vice president of a criminal organization inside the prison known as the Yves Saint Laurent Squad, okay, that is also charged in the indictment from June 28. At that time, GBI reported that Moore and Waller were romantically involved while Moore was an officer and Waller was an inmate. Fulton County records indicate Waller had been convicted of several offenses. 
He is currently being charged with unauthorized possession of a weapon, possession of prohibited items, meth possession, and other charges. We've got to stop this, Reynolds said, of the corruption in prison. We've got to make it end soon. $30,000. They make it sound nice. A criminal organization known as the Yves Saint Laurent. Okay. <laughs> Listen, these people are not learning. They don't learn. Clearly not learning. Well, she's about to become an inmate herself. Hope somebody will spot her $30,000 while she's in there. But it seems as though it leads... Back up, back up. It leads me to ask the question, how effective is the prison system? Because it seems as though the very things you can do on the outside, you can do on the inside. You can still get drugs. You can still get money. You can still commit crimes. So... Is it, is it worth it? Doesn't even make sense. For some people, yes. We need some people off the streets and locked away. But why should they be al allowed by correction, correction officers to continue to enjoy the, the, the frivolousness and the frivolities of life? I don't know. But um, what's your name? Miss Moore? Shame on you. This next story. Hold on. What did I do with the... I can't believe I did this. Okay, I think I have it here. Yeah, I have it here. Sorry. A Brazilian anesthetist arrested after he was caught placing his member in sedated woman's mouth during a C-section. Additional women came forward accusing the man of a similar attack. A <laughs> this is so disgusting. A Brazilian anesthetist was arrested this week after he was caught on tape raping a sedated pregnant woman undergoing a C-section. Police arrested Giovanni Quintela Becerra, who is 32, on July 10 after nurses became suspicious of his behavior after he administered higher doses of anesthesia to patients during two C-sections that day. The nurses decided to set up a hidden camera during the third procedure, and that's when they caught him doing the unthinkable. Becerra was recorded placing his penis in the heavily sedated pregnant woman's mouth. While surgeons worked to deliver the baby, Becerra could be seen positioning himself next to the woman's head with his apron arranged in a way that his colleagues could not see the woman from her neck up. He is said to have raped the woman for 10 minutes and would intimidate staff who tried to get close. And now authorities say three additional women have come forward accusing the man of similar attacks, bringing the total to at least six women. During a Tuesday court appearance, a judge sentenced Becerra to indefinite detention in solitary confinement at a maximum security jail while his case is being investigated. It has also been revealed that Becerra is facing separate legal issues. Prior to qualifying as an anesthetist, he was named in a medical ma malpractice lawsuit from 2018. While working at a different hospital, Becerra and another doctor were accused of misdiagnosing a case of swine flu as a urinary tract infection, causing the patient to go into a 23-day coma where she ended up losing her big toe and large amounts of hair. In addition to sustaining severe damage to her Achilles tendon, Becerra qualified as an anesthetist just this April and is now being accused of using his role to take advantage of women. 
so they don't do background checks because if he was named in a malpractice lawsuit red flag if he misdiagnosed the case of swine flu as a urinary tract infection red flag and you you really allow him to be continue practicing within the profession of medicine brazil do better a woman says she is lucky to be alive after picking up a dollar bill from the ground that had fentanyl on it. The frightening incident occurred on Sunday when Renee Parsons, her husband Justin, and their two children were traveling from Lexington, Kentucky to Dallas, Texas for a work event. The family stopped in Bellevue, Tennessee to rest and get food. When they arrived at the McDonald's on Highway 70, Renee spotted a dollar bill on the ground as she entered the restaurant. She innocently picked up the dollar about 10 minutes later. She began to feel unwell. The terrified woman said she was unable to speak or breathe and experienced a burning sensation in her body before passing out. Before she fainted, Renee grabbed Justin's arm with the same hand she used to pick up the money. A rash quickly appeared on his arm and his limbs became numb. Justin rushed Renee to St. Thomas Ascension Hospital which was an hour away. Doctors confirmed that the woman suffered an accidental overdose. Thankfully, her symptoms began to subside after nearly four hours. While the couple maintains that the dollar bill caused their ailments, drug experts are skeptical of their story. Vanderbilt University Medical Center fentanyl expert Dr. Rebecca Donald spoke to a local news outlet about the overdose. She says that Renee's symptom or symptoms did not appear to result from fentanyl poisoning. Dr. Donald explained that even if the substance was on the bill, skin-to-skin -skin contact would not cause an overdose. It is much more likely for her to have a reaction if she had inadvertently rubbed her nose and exposed that drug to some of the blood vessels in her nose or licked her fingers or rubbed her eyes, Donald told News 4. Nevertheless, the Parsons are sticking to their story and warning others to stay away from money they find on the ground. I don't care if it's a $20 bill or a $100 bill. Do not touch it, Renee warned in a Facebook post detailing her ordeal. I found that a little weird because I thought fentanyl is something that had to be ingested or enter the body through, you know, some way. I'm like, I didn't know fentanyl could affect you through skin contact and then you're able to pass it on through skin-to-skin -skin contact. That's pretty interesting. Huh. But Dr. Rebecca said hmm, it's highly unlikely that the symptoms would be a result of fentanyl poisoning if it wasn't if she didn't rub her nose or um her blood vessels some way. It got into our blood vessels. Fenton. I mean, now I need to go look that up. No, you know what? Because some things you don't want to research. Next thing they track you and think, oh, you're into something. No, it's okay. Um. Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, moments. <laughs> don't laugh. Don't laugh. No, it's just that you said what they may think when you're researching. I know, right? <laughs> when you think about all the other things that I research, right? 
<laughs> exactly. That's why I'm laughing. No, but I can justify that research because there is days after dark, right? Yes. Right. So I can justify certain things that I research, whereas this, yeah, no, some things I want to stay away from. I have tears. <laughs> But from a medic from a medical standpoint and scientific standpoint, it's worth the research, right? Yeah. <laughs> so in entertainment news, Lauren London opens up about life after Nipsey Hussle's death. Lauren London is opening up with some valuable lessons and her perspective on life since the tragic death of her longtime partner, Nipsey Hussle. It's been a long three years, but the actress has found a laugh to work in the joy of showers and getting her nails done speaking with angie martinez and being the first guest on the new podcast in real life london gets candid about death describing her emotions at the rapper's funeral and talks how much her outlook on life has changed when discussing death etiquette and the funeral the actress said i just don't think that we know how to die or accept death and then we don't know how to usher people in that transition either. She then says sitting in the front row at the funeral is different. Referring to her late partner's funeral, London admits it changed her perspective on life. Regarding limited time on earth, London wants to be peaceful and give peace to others. Her goals have changed drastically since the death, and she talked about how she doesn't want to miss her mark. She adds, I do think that a lot of my work now might not be in front of the camera, might be behind the camera and encouraging someone else in front of the camera. She wants to tap into her creative work behind the scenes. When London had to tell her children about Nipsey passing away, the knowledge she gained from a seminar on death prepared her for the moment. She broke down that using certain words and telling them to embrace their emotions is very important. As for words, she used transitioned and encouraged them to write letters and speak openly to their dad. When discussing her recent work, she has a new film with Kenya Barris, Jonah Hill, Eddie Murphy, and Nia Long. London also wants to move from Los Angeles. It's too heavy for me right now with the murals all over the town of Nipsey and the young children. She doesn't want to move just yet, but she's ready to move to the desert and disconnect. When Angie asked her if she could really move from L.A., she answered, absolutely. Sometimes I do want to disappear, but I don't think that's my calling. Finally, she touches on her relationship with the late rapper. Nipsey never wanted to get lost in his legacy, though she feels she has to or get, wanted her to get lost in his legacy. But she feels she has to because of their five-year-old son. I tell you something, I can relate to something she just said that was stated. Um, you want to move away and disconnect. Um, when my father died, oh my gosh, it was really difficult, really difficult. Um, five years later, yes, I've come to terms with it. Um, however, I am on the lighter side of it. You... I'm already a disconnected person. That's the truth. You want to know? Ask Rosola, ask Marlon. I'm a very disconnected person. I'm connected here on Clubhouse, but in, in real life, I'm, I, I, I usually stay by myself. Um, but it intensified with the passing of my father. So I get it. 
And my focus shifted too when he passed. And I find myself having to force myself to look at living life to its fullest. It's hard. But you have to push yourself through it, right? Um, and you don't understand until you experience it. And this is so true. When they, make, they have the saying, you can't make any judgment or pass any judgment unless you've walked a mile in someone's shoes. And believe you me, you really can't. You can make assumptions. You can empathize. Um, you can imagine but you will never truly grasp the intensity of, of an occurrence until it happens to you. So I, I get where she's coming from. Wanting to pull away from society, wanting to get away from it all. Because now you see life through different lenses. And the things that used to matter don't matter so much anymore. I could easily move to a deserted island very easily. And I'd be okay. I would survive because you're in a different place mentally and spiritual and emotionally. You're in a totally different space. And you realize that you value life more. You know what I mean? The things that used to bother you and you would get all up in arms about, you try to dispel those because it's really not worth it. You learn to brush things off more. You have a great appreciation for life in itself. And I hope I made sense. Um, so I get it. I get what she's saying. Life is fragile. Love those who are around you. Appreciate those who are around you. Do not take anyone for granted. Right? Um, cherish whatever moments you can so that you have great memories afterwards. Right? And try to be positive as much as you can. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I know. I get it. But we have to try to maintain. Chloe Kardashian and Tristan Thompson back in the news again. They're reportedly expecting another child together, this time via a surrogate. TMZ reports that multiple sources have informed them that the surrogate is expected to give birth within the next few days, while another source told the outlet the baby may have already been born. The on-again, off-again relationship between Kardashian and the NBA star has been well documented on Keeping Up with the Kardashians and the Kardashians Hulu series. The two most recently broke up in December following another cheating scandal where Thompson fathered a child with Marilyn Nichols. Chloe and Tristan already share a four-year-old daughter, True. <laughs> My thoughts on that? Um... My thoughts on that. Um, I don't think she wants him. She just wants all her children to have the same last name. There's a typo in that article. What is it? It said, it said NBA star. It's not an NBA star. It's an NBA player. Let <laughs> the man be, James. He's a star in his own right. Come on. Don't downplay him like that. He's a star in his eyes. Yeah, um, but here's what I don't get. You, you have these public relationships, right? You come on, you seek sympathy and empathy from the public, and then you go right back in the, in the mess. Why? Why do you even bother? 
Own the mess and keep it moving. Say I love toxicity. Don't come looking for sympathy from me, Chloe. You ain't getting it. I thought you were the most reasonable one of the entire Kardashian clan. I used to love Chloe. I'm not going to lie. Not love. Because I don't know her to love her. But I used to like her. Right? I thought she was the most level-headed, down-to-earth, realistic one. Number one, I don't know what she has transformed herself into physically, her appearance. She doesn't look like Chloe anymore. Skinny is not for everybody. Skinny is not for everybody. Don't get sucked up into it. Now I don't know what she looks like. Just like um, little Kim messed herself up, but that's a whole nother story. But skinny is not for everybody. She looks... Um, a little messed up, Chloe. You messed yourself up if you ask me. And I don't know. Is it because you have insecurities that you're battling with because of what Tristan is doing? Um, you thought you were the it person for him and that him being with you would prevent him or he would stop, um, have glaring eyes. Tristan is Tristan. Tristan is Tristan. Right? Yeah. Tristan is Tristan. That's what you get. But um, stop dragging us into y'all mess i'm no longer interested y'all keep your mess over there and leave him alone james he is an nba star some women consider him a star because everybody trying to get a check but pity they don't know the money gonna run out when he stop playing um actor kevin spacey pleads not guilty to sexual assault in the uk Hollywood actor Kevin Spacey has pleaded not guilty at London's Central Criminal Court to charges of sexual assault against three men. The 62-year-old actor was wearing a blue suit and blue tie as he stood in the dock at the United Kingdom's top criminal court on Thursday. He spoke to confirm his name and age before pleading not guilty on four charges of sexual assault and one count of causing a person to engage in sexual activity without consent. The Crown Prosecution Service, CPS, which is responsible for bringing prosecutions in England and Wales, said in May that it had authorized charges against Spacey. A two-time Oscar winner for The Usual Suspects and American Beauty, he was formally charged by police in the British capital the following month and voluntarily appeared in court within days. At a hearing last month, Spacey's lawyer, Patrick Gibbs, told the court his client strenuously denies any and all criminality in this case. He needs to answer these charges if he's to proceed with his life, Gibbs added at the time. The deputy chief magistrate at the initial hearing was told that the actor lives in the United States, where he has family and a nine-year-old dog. The, ma the magistrate formally withdrew an arrest warrant that had been issued two weeks prior after learning Spacey had traveled to London to appear in person. Reporting restrictions prevented the media from going into detail about the charges to avoid prejudicing a jury at any trial. The first two charges of a sexual assault date from March 2005 in London and concern the same man who is now in his 40s. The third is alleged to have happened in London in August 2008 against a man who is now in his 30s. Spacey has also been charged with causing a person to engage in penetrative sexual activity without consent against the man in his 30s. The fourth sexual assault is alleged to have occurred in Gloucestershire, Western England, in April 2013 against a third man 
who is also now in his 30s. None of the alleged victims can be identified under English law. After the prosecutor's May announcement, Spacey said he was disappointed with the decision. I will voluntarily appear in the UK as soon as can be arranged and defend myself against these charges, which I am confident will prove my innocence. Allegations against him emerged in the wake of the hashtag MeToo movement that saw numerous claims of sexual assault and harassment in the movie industry. I don't know what to think. One claim, mm, two claims. Mm. So now we're up to how many claims? Four? And why is it a claim for the same thing? Is it, are, are we going to say that these people are all lying? There has to be some truth to it somewhere. Somewhere. There has to be some truth. Um, yeah. Doesn't make sense to me that four different people would come up with similar allegations. How do you prove your innocence in those cases? I don't know. But I'm interested to know. Um, and I, I'm saying that, uh, that because I never really followed the Bill case, Bill Cosby case. I, it would come on, you listen to bits and pieces, but truly follow it up. I did not. I'm going to be honest about that. But now I'm a little interested. How do you prove something from so many years ago? In other entertainment news, Daniel Kaluuya will not, I hope I pronounced his name right, his last name, Kaluuya, will not reprise his role in the Black Panther sequel. It has been four years since the release of the box office hit Black Panther. Many fans have been excited about the film's sequel, while some have been curious to see how things would turn out after the passing of the film star Chadwick Boseman. Now, more details about the cast for the second film have become available. According to Deadline and TSR, Daniel Kaluuya, who starred in the first film as Wakabi, the best friend of Chadwick's character, T'Challa, I hope I said it right, and forgive me for the mispronunciations if I do. I have not watched, um, what's the name of the movie? Black Panther? Yeah, I haven't watched it. Not interested either. Not my speed, sorry. Sorry, sorry, don't come for me. Um, so Daniel, who starred in the first film as Wakabi, the best friend of Chadwick's character, will not be reprising his role for the sequel. It has been confirmed that there was a scheduling conflict as Daniel is also star starring in Jordan Peele's upcoming film, Nope, which hindered him from reprising his role in Black Panther Wakanda forever cast members that have been confirmed to reprise their roles in the second film include Danai Gorira, Lupita Nyong'o, Leticia Wright, Martin Freeman and Angela Bassett also Winston Duke filming for the project wrapped up back in March but the syn synopsis for the film is still unknown however it has been reassured various times that the sequel will pay tribute to Chadwick so let me ask a question should I watch the first episode? Is it, what is it really about? Can somebody tell me real quick, two minutes. Is, what is it really about? So nobody in here watched it either. Okay. All right.
Oh, Kev Rock, you're in the main. No, go and watch it. Go and, go and watch it. Go and watch it moments. We're not going to tell you nothing. Not even a little thing to get me interested. Not even a little thing. It's about black excellence. Okay, well, thank you. That's something. I'll take that, Kev Rock. With your mean self. <laughs> <laughs> With your mean self. All right. Um, yeah, so. I'm going to try. How long is the movie, first, first of all? Moments. Moments. Go and watch a movie. I'm a fast and furious person, right? That's my type of movie. But um, all right, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I'm going to try. Everybody's quiet. Everybody's quiet because they can't believe you haven't seen it. Okay, I'm gonna go watch it. <laughs> you try to come Vibes 44 down in the audience said you need to watch it. Okay, <laughs> Chief, okay. <laughs> Y'all are trying to conquer me right now. <laughs> Just a quick moment with me. Stay away from those people who try to disparage your ambitions. Small minds will always do that, but great minds will give you a feeling that you can become great too. Those are the words of Mark Twain. I will vibes. You're going to have to follow the club though if you want to hear, you know, so you can get the update. listeners who tuned in on future fm 98.9 in the bronx westchester and mount vernon thank you to everyone on qmzradio.com the quality music zone big thank you to the listeners on janoradio.com don't forget to download the jano radio app available on the apple and google play stores j-a-h-k-n-o and of course, a big thank you to everyone here with me on Clubhouse, where the conversation happens. I'm Moments With Me, and you're listening to Coffee in Tow, World News on the Go, every Monday through Friday, starting at 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern, where I read the news and we share our views. Always great conversation, shared views, varying opinions, and interesting perspectives. And here's what's coming up later on today on JanoRadio.com. Blitz Thursday with DJ Lenky Matic at 2 p.m. Eastern. Then it's Takeover Thursday with DJ Indu at 4 p.m. 
And DJ Reds presents musical chairs at 9 p.m. Eastern. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Jano Radio. Jano Radio. We are we are we are online 24-7. We, 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 we hope you enjoyed the show. Bye-bye. Enjoy the rest of your day, folks. Whatever you do, wherever you go, I do ask that you please be safe. See you tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. Eastern, right here on Coffee and Toe.